Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. We pray that this message strengthens and encourages you in your walk with God. All right. Uh, since we're at uh, Hebrews still, if you're still there, Hebrews 5.12, I want to uh, read a few things in here, and which it kind of goes with where we're heading, but it wasn't actually one of my verses, but I read it, and I, I find that it is interesting to me. Here in verse 13, so Hebrews 5.13, it says, For everyone who partakes only of the milk is unskilled, In the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Now, I want to point out here is that the unskilled part and what they actually refer to as the milk is actually your inability to recognize the word. The inability to recognize the word. And as we've been talking on uh, the absolutes of God, Uh, Tonight I want to talk kind of bringing everything to a close because tonight's actually the end of that series, The Absolutes of God. And so I kind of want to put like everything together and, and, you know, give it to you and present it to you. And tonight I, I titled this, Don't Settle for Face Value. And why is that important? Because people can give you things and present things to you at face value, but if you don't actually dig deep for yourself and you don't inspect it yourself you will still be a, considered a babe. Does that make sense? You will be considered a babe. So like if I would just pick up this Bible and I would tell you and you would just take the Bible for face value and I would just show you this cover and it was like if I had to give you a sentence or a synopsis of this, of this Bible is God's love to man. God's love to man, right? And you would say, yeah, that's true. The Bible, it, it, this is God's love to man. This is our instructions to us, right? Now, people would take that at face value and said, okay, now if God is love and you're supposed to be more like him and he's supposed to transform you and you are supposed to reflect those things, well, now you have to love everyone for what they do, how they are, and how they do things. Well, you're supposed to love people, but you're not supposed to love the sin. You're not supposed to love the depravity in the world. You're not supposed to love that. You're not supposed to lust and love the things of this world. That's what Scripture tells us. But see, in deeper inspection of the Word of God, we now know how to apply it to our lives. Why? Because we are not just taking the Word unskillfully, but we are applying it skillfully. Is that making sense? Like when you are taking of the milk, the milk literally in, the, in Hebrews chapter 5 there, it is saying that that milk is actually the word. That the word, is, that you are unskillful in the word of righteousness. And that is what qualifies you as a babe. So if we want the meat, what does that mean that we have to do? That means we have to be studious, studious, a student of the word. We need to be inspectors of the word. We need to dive deeper and not just accept it at face value. Does that make sense? Because when you are applying the scriptures to your life and you are getting into the word of God, this is where, it, this is where it's important. This is going to separate a lot of people in the body of Christ, believers, in how you think, how you operate, and how you have a relationship with God. Right now, I can show you every mile or two miles down 339, there's going to be a church there. In every one of those churches, there are Christians. And those Christians believe a lot of different things than what we believe. Right? I can show you churches where the pastors will tell the people that they're not qualified to read the word by themselves because they haven't been to seminary. 
that only the pastor is qualified to read them the Bible. Really? I don't want a church that if the only time you read the Bible is when I'm speaking it to you, that's sad. Why? You're not going to grow fast. Right? Think, if you only eat on Wednesdays and Sundays, you're going to die. Eventually. It's natural nutrition. You're going to, eventually, your body will eat all of the resources that's on you. Okay? That's why I tell people, hey, you want to go on a 40-day fast? You better pray and seek the Lord, especially if you're not eating food or drinking water. You need to be led by the Spirit in that. Why? People die. I'm serious. Right? But in the same way, when we are partaking and we're eating of the Word of God, we want that daily meat in our lives. We do not want to be sitting there sipping on milk and relying on that. I call those feel-good messages that you would hear that don't preach the gospel where it says, hey, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Those are milk messages. I don't want that. It's actually bad for me. Why? Because I'm looking for meat. How many of you love steak? Now, if I had a glass of milk and a steak presented to you, which one would you take? I would take steak, right? I'm like, ah, steak, hands down, hands down. And as I've gotten older, not that I'm lactose intolerant or anything, I actually don't have a desire to drink milk. When I was younger, I would drink a whole glass or a gallon. Even in my college years, I would do that. Now, I can't, like, thinking about drinking a whole cup of milk, I'm like, no, nah, I'd rather have, what, deer steak. Yes, throw it on the grill, one Two, throw it on my plate. <laughs> what? Yeah, I want it bloody, man. I want to taste it. Like, it just, it's fresh off that deer. Man, you're a savage. I know. Yeah, I like meat. And this is how we need to be with the Word of God. This is our meat. We can't just take it for face value and sip it on the sweet stuff and be like, oh, yeah. Oh, God's grace. I'm going to drink that. I can do whatever I want. I can live however I want. Uh, actually, you're closer to Satanism than you are Christianity. And they would say, well, no, that's not where I, where I go to church. Well, when you go to church and you sit there in that pew, the pastor says he'll do your funeral and tell everybody you went to heaven. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's great. <laughs> Good job. That's sad. That is sad. That, that's, that, it, that cannot be the standard that we have for our Christian life. This is why I say we need to not be deceived. We need to get into that place. Just like Adam was preaching about those idols, we need to lay those idols down that's in our lives. Realize that the gospel message is we need to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. That's meat, and that's hard. You better have sustenance, and you better have nutrients in you when you start walking and following after the Lord. Right? Why? Because milk's not going to get you where you need to go. When you're in tough times, you're in persecution, you're in adversity, milk is not going to sustain you. Right? Some of the times when I was in, in uh, ranger school and we had gone several days without eating food and we were still uh, pushing ourselves, doing these, uh, these force marches and things, and we would get to our objective that we would hit and I was just exhausted, I never sat there once and thought, man, I could really go for a cup of milk right now. I was like, if a cow walks by here, I'm eating that thing whole, like everything, like moo and everything. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> I'm eating the moo. <laughs> if it was a pig, I'd eat the oink. <laughs> There's a lot of pigs in Georgia. So I was like, praise Lord, let a pig come over here. <laughs> God, stab him and <laughs> be eating him like a savage. Anyway, right? I never thought, man, I really want the milk. But you know what? In our own flesh, it will say, oh no, but the milk, everybody's drinking the milk. 
Hey, man, all the cool kids are doing it. You remember that? <laughs> hey, all the cool kids are doing it. That's deception, <laughs> right? It, and why? Because now our perspective of what actually the cool kids are, it led to destruction, right? We thought that they were the cool kids. Actually, the real cool kids and the successful ones weren't doing that, Right? So we need to sit there and say, you know what? No, 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 no. I do not want to desire the milk. I want to desire the meat. Lord, give me the meat. Lord, and if it hurts. You know, you have to do more work to acquire meat than you do to gather the milk. Just think about it. We're a farming community, right? You gather the milk, very simple. You can go out there and just go gather it. To gather the meat, it takes a level of preparation takes a level of skill, takes a level of tenacity, takes a level of stick to If you've ever butchered a cow or a, or a deer or anything, it takes time. And you can do it wrong and you can hurt yourself, right? And so in all of those steps, it is a lot more difficult to acquire and attain meat. You can't just take it at face value. Milk, you can just go, you can go easily go get milk, right? And so that's why when, I, when we're talking about the absolutes of God and we talk about Scripture, we need to say, Lord, I'm not taking Scripture at just the face value, but I'm going to dig deeper into it. I'm going to do my study. I'm going to do my research into it. And I know that might scare some of you and you'll be like, oh my goodness, research, study. Is there a quiz? Is it homework? Yeah, the quiz is eternal, man. Like it, there, there are ramifications for it, right? But it will get you out of deception. When you start eating meat, now there's things inside of your body, even on a nutritional side, that it helps things inside of your mind, right? They would say what? Brain food is what? Fish. Everybody says, hey, man, you get the omegas in there. You, when you eat fish, it gives you nutrients that's different than if you would eat beef, right? So when you think about all of the things that you need, you do need those things and you have to go deeper in your studies and you have to go into that place where you're saying, you know what, I want the meat and the Lord will give me what I need to sustain me in that. And that will actually get you out of a form of deception. What we have rampant in the church is that there's a lot of people that are sitting there applauding and they will, man, you will pack a place out when you're, when you're offering all the free milk they can drink. Hey, you want to give them just the surface? They could still live their life and do whatever they want? Milk all day long. And you know what? Those leaders love that. It feeds their need of their insecurity and leadership because they don't actually have to train those people. They're, they're actually, you know what? They actually want to give them so much milk that their teeth rot out. And even if you gave them a steak, they couldn't chew it or process it. And that's when you've got them in deception and they sit there and they say things like, the Holy Spirit doesn't exist anymore. There's no requirement on me to do anything. I said the prayer. That's it. The holy man said, I've made it. He gave me the ticket. No relationship with Jesus. No pick up your cross. Denying yourself. Following after him. None of that. No transformation in your life. Dude, you've been drinking milk been drinking milk a long time. And when you talk with them, it, it becomes that point. You're like, you know, we, if we met people on the street, we'd be like, hey, I'm a believer. They would say, yeah, me too. Then you'd begin to talk with them and you're like, oh man, been drinking milk. And that's not any condemnation on them. That's not an elitist statement on our, our end. 
That's saying, listen, I want all of you to be mature. I want all of you to grow. I want all of you to fulfill the call that the Lord has on your life. I want you to hit the divine appointments that God has for you. I am no way intimidated by that, not even one iota. Honestly, I love it when I get uh, text messages and people are like, hey, man, I was out here and I started evangelizing and I led five, six people to the Lord. And I'm like, praise the Lord. I didn't have to be there. Why? That wasn't my divine appointment. That was yours. And you hit it. That gives me actually a lot of satisfaction. Because you win, I win. (laughs) Right? Insecure leaders don't think that way. Insecure leaders say, no, you can't do that. Oh, but you haven't been doing this as long as me. You know, an insecure leader, when you tell them what you've done and the next things out of their mouth is the things that they've done, you are now talking to an insecure leader. You're like, hey, man, I just led five people to the Lord. Oh, guess what? I was in Pakistan and uh, I saw 80,000 come in one, one moment. Like, huh. That's an insecure leader you're talking to. Run. Run. Right? And the enemy can creep in and put that in our minds and all of us. And be like, oh, yeah. Oh, well, you prophesied. Well, yeah, I remember when I had a season of prophecy and I prophesied and I called all these things in and prophesied the paint off the wall and back on the wall and back off the wall and on the wall. And I told everybody, no, Y2K, it's not the end. And look, we're still here. (laughs) Right? You're now talking to an insecure leader. (laughs) Why is this important? Because I want you to not settle for face value. Just because someone says something to you doesn't mean that that's the truth. How do you know that? You have to get into the Word, you have to be led by the Holy Spirit, and you need to have that level of discernment that you're like, whoa, something is wrong here. Right? Like, I've heard, I've been around a lot of pastors and ministers, and they would sit there and they would say, you know what, I just, I don't think that I could survive if my congregation just didn't text me and do all this other stuff, and they just needed me to do everything else. And I was like, don't you want your congregation to do the work of the gospel? Oh, well, you know, then none of them have been to seminary yet, so we can't do that. And I'm like, what? So you're going to put that person who's on fire for the Lord on hold until they go and get a piece of paper, and then you're going to let them do that? And here's the, here's, this is the delusion of ministry, right? This is where they say, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And then they come back with it, and they still don't let them do it. They don't use them at all. Because truth be known, they don't want them to do that. They just wanted to try and deter them from actually doing that. That's why we can't just take things at face value. And a lot of you are probably sitting there going, hey, my buddy's actually in a church that's just like that. Yeah, I know so-and-so, and they told me this and that. And that is a shame. My heart breaks for that. Why? Because I want to see people equipped. That's my goal, my objective. If you came here tonight just to hear me speak or anybody on pastoral staff speak, and that was it, and it, there was no, like, you getting equipped or you being encouraged or you going out there and doing the work that God's called you to, we all failed you. And I'll stand before Jesus and give an account. And I'm not going to stand before him and say, and he say, Hey, Caleb, you didn't tell them that they could go and witness? You didn't tell them that they have a testimony and they could give that? You didn't tell them that they can pray and they can seek me and have a personal relationship? Holy Spirit would smack the daylights out of me. Why? I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I like being convicted by the Holy Spirit. I do. I need that. Anybody else? Like, you're like, hey, that correction's coming. Thank you, Lord. Yes, I see that conviction. I needed that in my life. And that, you know what? That actually affirms in me that I am his son. Yeah. It's like, oh, man. Yep. Even if I'm getting taken to the woodshed, 
It's like, yep, take me, Lord. Let's go. This correction, I need it. Why? Because if the Lord's correcting me, I need that. He's never wrong. Right? All right. So anybody getting help so far? (laughs) Good. In the absolutes of God, we want to make sure that we are not settling for face value, but that we are digging into this ourselves. Here in Hebrews chapter 5, 13, it says, For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. We want the solid food in our lives. Turn with me over to uh, Philippians chapter 3. And I will be reading out of this portion of text for the remainder of the message. But I'll be referencing a lot of different things while we go. Here's the thing, okay? When you hear messages or you hear someone preaching uh, any form of scripture, you need to take that scripture and put it with the whole of the Bible. Okay? This is actually a biblical hermeneutics principle where you take you, you so that it keeps you from taking a verse or scripture out of context so that way you can exegete it which all exegesis means is that you're interpreting it so when you are so you're reading it you're reading the text and you want to make an interpretation of what that text is actually saying you have to compare it with the whole of scripture okay where people go and they get into crazy doctrine and they get into all these different things is where they try to take one verse in the Bible, and then they try to make that their doctrine, and then they walk in error. Okay? Case in point. Women in ministry. Da, da, da. Yes. I'm going to go there. Bam! Why? Because I like not only eating cows, but I kick them over, religious ones, kick them over all the time. Why? Paul says that he wants the women to remain silent in the church. I could go to that text. You, most of you are already familiar with it. If you've read it, you know people that preach on it. When they say, well, what's your thoughts about women in ministry or women doing anything or women praying? Well, you know, Paul says that the women need to be silent in the church. Boom. Bad biblical exegesis, period. Why? Take that scripture and compare it to the whole of the Bible. In the Old Testament, we have a female judge. We have multiple female judges, actually. We have female prophetesses, right? Think about it. Then in the New Testament, we not only have female evangelists, the woman at the well, she went to go and proclaim all the good news of Jesus. Just because they didn't label her an evangelist does not mean that she was not evangelizing. Can I get a witness? All right, yeah. Then we have female prophetesses in the New Testament, and we have female apostles in the New Testament. You can look it up. So hold on a minute. So Paul makes a reference here, and now there's people that have entire denominations built around one verse that says women can't do nothing. I know they won't even let women pray in a circle. If there's a man in that circle, they will not let them because they'll say, nope, only a man can do it. They'll even give you a fine or penalize you or kick you out of the church. I'm being for real. If you go up and you say, hey, I want to share this word and you're a female, they won't let you do that. See, in my mind, I look at it through the whole of the scripture and I said, well, hold up. Paul says that. That's true. It's in the Bible. Why did he say it? See, don't take it for face value. Dig into it and then find out why it is actually being written into the Bible. 
right? And it's okay to ask questions. That's not, that's not even saying, hey, man, that's a dumb question. No, that's actually a phenomenal question. Why? Because then when someone asks you, hey, man, you got uh, women that can go, go up there and they can do that, which I find this funny. If you know people in the churches, they'll, they'll tell you this. Well, you know, females, they can teach children's church, but they can't teach anyone over 13. I'm like, where's that at in the Bible at all? That's stupid. <laughs> so you can raise them from a little kid, but once they turn 13, then they're no longer authorized because now they're coming of adulthood. That's crazy. That's not scriptural. And people would say, well, we're just old-fashioned. I would say and challenge them, you're not old-fashioned enough. You're not old-fashioned enough. Why? If you are original old-fashioned to the beginning and the founding church, you would know that there are female apostles. You would know that there are female prophetesses. You would know there are female ministers in the body. Jesus never stops a woman from doing anything. If anything, he rebukes the disciples when the woman breaks the alabaster flask on him and says, you don't see what's going on here. What she's done is a good work for me, and it's a prophetic act. The men could not see it. She did that. None of them did it. And even after he did it, Judas says, you know what, I'm betraying him. I'm out. Guess what? Judas was not a female. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. It's, why? This is going back to biblical interpretation, right? When you take a passage of scripture and you take it out of context, and you create doctrine and theology based on that without comparing it to the whole of the Scripture, this is why we need meat, right? Because if you take it for milk, they'll just give you the verse, you'll go there, and you'll be like, it's there. Sorry. Paul says that as far as he's concerned, he doesn't allow that to happen. Well, there's a lot of reasons Paul decided that. There's a lot of reasons that he decided that. Culturally, you have to think about the context that he was there culturally. In that time, they were in a synagogue and they, were, they separated the men and the women. The men came up and they were all in the front. The women were all in the back. Now they are preaching. They're apostles, right? They're giving out and preaching messages. As they are instructing the churches, because that's what the apostles did, they brought instructions to the churches. So they had to do what? They had to preach and minister. So when you read about in the New Testament that there's a female apostle, what did she have to do? She had to preach. She had to minister. She had to do something. She wasn't knitting sweaters. Right? Nothing wrong with knitting. <laughs> Pray over them, anoint them, send them out. But I'm saying, do not limit yourself just based on... Uh, reading one part of scripture and taking it just for face value, dig into it and then find out why they did that. Why did they do that? So now he's up here. So imagine Paul's up preaching. This place would be filled. There would be majority men that would be up here. He's sitting there speaking, giving out instructions. We know this about the apostle Paul. He was not eloquent in speech, right? And after he got stoned, and even scholars say that he would be missing the majority of his teeth. He would have been disfigured in the face from as many times as he was beaten and stoned and drugged out of places. And it was difficult for him to speak and to speak to people that he's sitting there talking to them. And then you have people in the back going, hey, what is he saying? What is he doing? Hey, 
tell the women to remain silent, and then when you leave here, you can then go and give them the instruction that they are being told. So one moment that we hear in a correction that Paul's giving to a church over a specific issue, people do not take it with the whole of Scripture, and now they are misinterpreting the Scripture and applying it to their lives doctrinally, and they're cutting the body of Christ, the, the force in half. Actually, worse than that, because 70% of the church is made up of females. So now you've got 70% of the church made of females. you got 30% men sitting there saying, well, you know, we're supposed to do all this. They ain't even doing it. They're more concerned about the temperature status on the back of the church. And they definitely don't want to empower anybody. They want everyone to come to them, hear them do that. They'll do their wedding. They'll do their funeral. Hey, you sat in my pew. Just go on, cowboy. You didn't train or equip them to do nothing. You gave them milk all their life, and then that's, that's where they settled. That's not good, right? You'll get malnourished. So this is why we can't take the scriptures at just the face values. We have to dig into it, and we need to get that meat, and we need to be mature believers. Does that make sense? So when we, we get in this, we want to we make sure that we are you know, being led by the Holy Spirit. If you just take the Bible... And you take one verse out of context and you apply it to your life, it will lead you into destruction. Another example, turn the other cheek. Well, okay, brother, well, you know the good book says turn the other cheek. You turn in the cheek every time? You better be led by the Spirit. Because God didn't call you to be a, be a doormat. There were opportunities. Jesus flipped tables and made whips too. Jesus also walked through a crowd when they were trying to throw him off a cliff. There's a time, right? Go back to Ecclesiastes, the whole of the Bible together, making sense. Turn the other cheek. Yeah, if me and another brother in Christ are having an issue, and I know his heart is for the Lord's, and he does something that hurts me, I'm going to prefer him over me. Why? To see him restored and built up. Now, if he's wicked, and he's a sheep in wolf's clothing, and he's actually being manipulated by the enemy, I will not let him hurt me, nor my family, nor anybody around me. Be led by the Spirit. See how that changes quickly? But if you take it just as the face value, hey, you know, the book says, just turn the other cheek. Well, you know, the Bible, and I get this from a lot of atheists, because they love to misquote scripture, why they take it at face value all the time. Well, the Bible's full of contradictions. No, it's not actually full of contradictions when you have an eye to see and an ear to hear when you're being led by the Spirit. I know that. Why? Because now I know in my spirit, this is not a time for me to turn the other cheek. I'm flipping a table, making a whip. Now I'm being led by the Spirit. I really wanted to flip a table, make a whip, but the Spirit's telling me not to, and I got to turn the other cheek. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow him. Follow him, right? So when we sit there and we're listening and we're saying, okay, well, here's the scriptures. And they're saying, hey, you know, it says in the Bible that you should not judge. Is that what it says? You should not judge? <laughs> they would, come on, don't take it at face value. Dig deeper into the scriptures. Why? Matthew chapter 7 tells me that I will know them by their fruit. And that you should judge and you should have a spirit of discernment and you should see these things. Now don't be in the wrong heart and now bring judgment against somebody and you're not being led by the spirit. Now you're in the wrong. What? So how vital is the Holy Spirit 
in your life for you to be led and directed by. See, it is significant. And when you have half the churches that don't even believe the Holy Spirit is alive or existing today, that's what you have the majority of Christians out there. This is why people would say the church is full of a bunch of hypocrites. There's a bunch of people that don't practice what they preach. No, there's a bunch of people drinking milk. Because when you see a real son or daughter of God's and they're eating meat, they can, they can sit there and they can, they can discern and they can operate and they can be used in the moment that God needs them to do that. You see power in them, right? The Holy Spirit's able to flow through them. And that's what? That's based on eating meat. So we can't be sitting there going, you know what? Okay, yeah, it's okay. You know, you'll still go to heaven drinking milk. Yes, you will. And you will stand before Jesus and you will give an account. And he will sit there going, man, I had meat for you the whole time. I had, I had, a, I had missions and I had assignments and I had things for you to accomplish, but I could not. See, there are assignments God will not give you if you are not sustained enough to be able to handle it. So he's not going to give it to you. And then you sit there and be like, God, use me, do this. He's like, okay, I got this meat for you. I'm not going to eat it, but still let me go on the assignment. He's like, no, it'll kill you. No, it'll kill you. I can't let you go. I can't let you go. We would go on missions overseas, and we would do what's called follow-on missions, where we would hit a target, we'd be out there all night, and we'd fly to another target, and we'd end up hitting it. Well, we ended up doing uh, four follow-ons during... during a, a series of two days. Well, we, in between that, after we did the second mission, we were all exhausted and beat, but we still had high adrenaline, and we're like, let's go. We still got missions. Let's go and knock these out. And they flew us back to the base, and they made us go to the chow hall and go and eat and refit. And we're all sitting there going, we don't want to eat. We want to go. Let's go hit the target. We got to go do this. Mission first, mission first. But the senior leaders were like, nope, you need to eat. Why? Because I will not have you be a casualty on that battlefield sending you on this mission. We will give it time. But how often is it that, that we sit here and we're like, you know what? Yeah, man, just go drink meat just go, or just go drink milk and just go out there and just do whatever you want to do. No, you are not going to be strong enough for that. Think about if you were training for a fight, right? You're not going to sit there and put yourself in a malnourished situation and then expect to be victorious when you step into the ring. When your opponent has been training day in and day out and being dedicated and, 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 and coming at you with such tenacity, you think you're going to go in there with a, with a diet of milk and you're going to win that thing? No, you're going to be defeated, right? So this is why it's vital for us to step in and engage with the things that the Lord has for us. If you uh, found Philippians chapter 3, uh, I want to read here verse 8. And to, let's go, 14. Let's go 8 to 14. Yet, so here in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ, uh, Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through the faith in Christ, the righteousness from which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. 
if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay a hold for that which Christ Jesus has also laid a hold of me. So in our common language, Paul, the Apostle Paul is sitting here telling the Philippians that he wants to lay a hold of Christ as he has laid a hold of him. How he has realized that at that point, everything that he has done is laid up as nothing. Before this, in in Philippians chapter 3, he goes on and he he was talking about all the things that he has done in following the law, how he was uh, uh, the Pharisee among Pharisees and he'd done all these things. And then when he got grabbed and when he was seized by Christ, it changed him. It changed his desires. It changed his nature. It changed everything about him. And he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, that I may know him at that deeper level, right? He's not, he's not sitting here going, give me some milk, Lord. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm hungry for him. I'm hungering for him. I'm hungering after these things. In verse 13, it says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. How often do we allow the things of our past to hold on to us and it hinders us from moving forward? So we start uh, creating these things in our minds. Well, I've always drunk milk. I'll just drink milk like my ancestors before me and the ancestors before me. And we're a milk drinking community. When God's sitting there saying, no, but that's not how I designed you. I've designed you to give you meat. To sustain you. To give you that nourishment that you need to be able to fulfill the missions that I have for you. So what would it look like to, to say, man, this desire that I have inside of me, it's only making me grow even deeper for the things that are in God. And 14 says, and I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We'll go down to 15. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. See, you don't get to be that sensitive to the Holy Spirit and know where you need to be corrected when you're drinking milk. You Honestly, and when you're drinking milk, you, you can't be adequately corrected as you could when you are taking meat. Does that make sense? Think about child development, right? Like Ariella is six years old. I can't correct her like I could an 18 or 19 year old. Right? Her process and her level of thought, she is still a babe. She cannot understand these higher levels and principles that I'm trying to convey to her. So it would be inappropriate for me to expect that out of her, right? But on the reverse, I'm not going to treat an 18-year-old like they're a 6-year-old. Right? God does the exact same thing with us. So to the level that we want to walk in, we need, we, the, to the level that we have attained, we need to walk in that. In 16 it says that, Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us be of the same mind. How do we get that? Well, this, this is how we get into not taking and settling for the Scriptures at face value. The first thing is we, we need to get into the Bible, we need to read the Scriptures. We need to know it. We need to know it, Right? 
And so if, if you say, well, I, you know, I don't have years of reading Scripture. I don't have years of doing this thing. Well, you need to get a hold of a people that have, and that's why you need to have diversity in your network that you have personally. I'm not talking about like, hey, your network here in the church. I'm talking about like you got three or four close friends that you can call on. You can text them, you know, and have people in, in that circle, in that group, that you would deem them as being spiritually mature and biblically mature. Right? There are people that are very sensitive to the Spirit, but they don't know Scripture from nothing. You need both of those. There needs to be that balance. Right? Because there's people, man, Holy Spirit moves on them. They can tell people their social security numbers, their date of birth, and what happened to them when they were three years old. But then they don't know anything about the Bible. Well, just because you can hear spirits and hear in that spirit realm doesn't mean that that's going to help you in ultimate growth. You need to have the balance. That's why you need to have both of those in your life. And secondly, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to teach you as you are reading Scripture. If something is not setting right with you, if you read that, like you were reading the Scriptures and you see where Paul says, but, you know, women need to keep silent in the church. Holy Spirit needs to be like, ding, 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 ding. Well, I must be reading. Hmm, that doesn't seem like the nature and character. Why would they limit women from praying or doing ministry or doing anything like that? There has to be something else in that. Does that make sense? You know, and don't let it surprise you, because a lot of times we use our American culture, and that's how we interpret the Bible, and I encourage you not to do that, because actually overseas, Pakistan, India, Nepal, all of them, they divide the men and women in the church. Like, they either split them in the middle, or they do it in the front and the back, just like they did back then. That's how they do it. All the women will be on one side, all the men will be on the other side. And see, my goal, going over there and doing ministry, I don't go over there and try to change their culture and be like, you guys need to get together and do this. No, 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 no. Just go minister to them where they're at, right? You're not there to attack their culture and try to get them to do other things. Just like if I'm walking into an African tribe, I'm not going to go in there and mess all their stuff up over there. No, I'm going to go in there with the power and the discernment of the Holy Spirit and, and speak to them, minister to them, and give them stake right where they're at so that they can be encouraged, they can be uplifted, and then go out there and do what God's called them to do. Does that make sense? So that's not compromise, all right? So you need to ask the Holy Spirit to be your teacher. Uh, thirdly, I, I have here pray in the Spirit. If you do not pray in the Spirit in your own personal time, you need to do that. Praying in the Spirit edifies and builds up your spirit man inside of you. Even if you think it's, I tell people this too, if you think it's gibberish or it's, it's nonsense, man, do that while you're in the shower or whatever and give that a week and see how your life changes. See how sensitive you are to the Holy Spirit. Judge it based on the fruit. And everyone I've ever told to do that and challenge them, they're like, man, my life is just, at first I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah, the enemy's going to talk you out of that. Why? It's one of the strongest weapons that you have. And it makes you sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It's literally like you doing spiritual exercise. All right? And in here I have uh, having fellowship with others and sharpening one another. Why is it, it is vital for us to be connected in the body of Christ. Religion will tell you to just come here, check in, check out, leave. Don't be a part, don't be connected. That's religion. That is not relationship. That is not kingdom, right? Kingdom says, hey, I'm in this with you. We're going to strengthen each other because there's going to be moments of time where you're going strong and there's going to be moments of time that I'm going strong. We need to be there to encourage one another, right? We call it in the military battle teams. You didn't do anything by yourself. People sit there and think, man, you're in special operations. Couldn't have done it without my team. 
If you ever got to that place, you're like, yeah, man, I'm a lone ranger, which is funny because I was a ranger. So they're like, oh, you're the lone ranger. You didn't want to be a lone ranger, okay? <laughs> like if you were left behind and you were the lone one, a lot of bad things happened. You don't want to be that guy. Why? You want to be there with your team. You want to fight as a team. You want to be a team element. Why? Because you have a variety of skills and gifts that come together when a team comes together. Does that make sense? All right, so real quick, I have this little illustration. So here I got a little cup of water here. All right, so, you know, oftentimes we'll say this. Oh, we'll drop that. That's what we'll do. It's good. I practiced that, and that dropped just like that. All right, so we'll say this lighter's you, right? So you're on fire. You got all these good, awesome things that's going on. You're like, I feel the spirit. Yeah, I'm on fire. I can't be stopped. And then all of a sudden, crisis comes. Bloop. Oh no. Watch me get my notes all wet and stuff. And then you're like, ah! Well, we'll dunk it again. It needs more crisis in its life. Right? <laughs> all right, there we go. <laughs> right? You can still smell that. How many of you smelled butane before? All right, it'll give you a headache if you smell it too much. All right, so it's still going, but oftentimes you need someone to come along, help you out. Vice versa, when you're coming together, you're able to get more accomplished. The enemy wants to get you on the side. Bloop. God forsook you. Really? Because once you get out of that water, you got a homie here that wants to help you out. See, now, here's, the, here's what the church, this is, this is how this happens in your life, is that you're sitting here and you're like, I need someone to come join me. You don't need them to come join you. You need them to stay on fire. You need to get up out of this, go seek the Lord, and then come back. Link up with them and be like, let me tell you my story. They're like, boom, let's go, homie. We got this. It's like you never, you never left. Right? What's cool is that if this one hits this one, it heats it up. But it needs more heat. And regardless of how wet it is, it's going, to, uh, it's going to create that flame. It's going to be pushing out that gas. See, the thing is, the enemy wants to say, hey man, you lost your fire. You know how much you're going to have to wait for God to use you? You're wet. You're insignificant. And God's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to get them around them. Ha! Huh. Woohoo! Back on fire. That's our life, man. And this is why it's vital for us to be together in ecclesia, in koinonia, in fellowship with one another, eating meat and encouraging each other to eat meat too. Not slapping somebody going, you're drinking milk. No, you're like, hey man, you really got to taste this steak. Oh man. Like I was feeling weak, but I got a hold of this steak. Now I feel like I can take on the world. Right? And that's your testimony. Where you were, where you are now where you're getting ready to go from glory to glory to glory amen amen stand with me as i got my notes wet i did do that why because i bl bl blunked it into the waters father right now we just thank you for this day that you've given us to live breathe and declare your word and lord right now i just thank you for us not taking your word at face value 
but that we are diving into it, that we are desiring the meat to grow our lives. And any form of deception that the enemy would try to throw at us to get us to accept and to take things at face value without uh, taking it and digging deeper into it, Lord. We say reveal those things to us. Give us that heart and that desire. Every form of complacency, of laziness, of even being into that, uh, that cyclic thing of being immature and just desiring that milk, Lord. We just thank you. Change our patterns. Just like a pregnant woman, her, her, her hunger and her desires for things change. Lord, give us those hungers. Give us those desires that we need for the place where we are in our lives. And as we dive into your word, that we understand that these are your absolutes. And we want to know you and the power of your resurrection. And not that we have already attained, but Lord, we press on. We press on towards the high call that you have for us. And to the degree that we have already attained, may we walk in it. Lord, I'm asking you that you would give us the boldness, the courage, the strength, the nourishment to walk out where we have already attained. That we would be at that place where it's like, yeah, at this moment we are teaching. We are teaching others. We don't have to go backwards. We don't have to go back to desiring the milk. But we say, Lord, give us the meat. We thank you. We praise you. And we honor you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I pray that you guys have been encouraged. You've been uplifted. If you need prayer, the, the ministry line is going to be open for you. And as always, it is an honor and a privilege. Don't hit any deer. That's a real thing. Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. If this message has blessed you and you would like to give financially or you would like more teachings from Senior Pastor Dean Wagner, please visit www.theriverfcc.com.